Hello, friends. You are tuning in to a special episode here. Uh, Sandy, we wanted to try to do something a little bit, I don't know, dangerous. Not It's not the word. Maybe courageous is too much, but something just different for us. Risk-taking. I think it might be risk-taking. Uh, so Sandy and I have been friends for years, and, uh, you know, oftentimes we... We have the shared shared word of uh, the scripture that we we have in the Hebrew tradition, the Christian tradition, and it brings us to uh, interesting conversations. We were having a conversation online, and we've decided to have it face to face. In part, to I hope to demonstrate how we can have dialogue with one another, that we can learn from each other. Uh, but it has to do with uh, the issue that we find in our society today around, around uh, immigration issues and specifically the situation in which children are being taken from their parents uh, being held as, uh, as they have crossed into this country. And so, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in Scripture that speaks to this, and there's a lot we could talk about. You are fired up about this issue. Why? Why? Why does this interest you? First, we'll, well, t- we'll start there. Let's start with uh, let's start with this idea, Mark. You and I have been talking for eight weeks now about wisdom sayings, yeah. wisdom sayings in the Bible, yeah. in the Hebrew Bible, in the New Testament, uh, and we've come to some, I think, really nice understandings uh, about wisdom. How important it is to know the facts to of whatever it is one's encountering. Uh, to be able to look for meaning and to work hard at trying to understand and discern uh, both what our guiding principles are and what the facts of a case might be and how we might apply it. We posed it, and I think people who have listened to our podcast know that we talked about it in terms of how do we know what God wants us to do and how do we know in very difficult situations. Uh, how do, and then how do we get the wisdom uh, to guide us in that direction. We talked a little bit too about how we treat each other, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of love we show to each other, the respect, uh, the idea that Jesus taught that if we're going to find fault in another, uh, we ought to look inside ourselves first, mm-hmm. uh, that we try to find places in the middle, an approach to how we solve problems with other people that involves yeah. love and respect. Okay. So I think what we thought was, what if we applied some of the lessons we've learned in that wisdom tradition uh, and maybe talk it out ourselves as to how we and people in our community might be able to deal more creatively, more lovingly, more productively with each other around a very volatile issue like immigration policy uh, and perhaps find middle ground to where not only people can hang together and be together Uh, in a community solving a problem and maybe come up with some actual solutions to a naughty problem as well. Yeah. So I think that's what we thought we would do. Yeah. And let's do it a little bit around this issue. So what's interesting to me is uh, in my research, um, it seems like the issue of immigration was one of the main reasons why Donald Trump got the following he did so quickly and easily. And so that's been uh, something that our nation has been wrestling with. And now when we see pictures, hear stories of what's happening along the border with children being removed from their families, there's been such a visceral response of anger and immediate judgment. And I feel that too. Like I, I, you know, it's any parent 
Can you imagine that horror of happening? So I feel that too. But what you've said is, okay, give it a second. There, there is perhaps something more complex here. Um, what's that? What, what is? What do you? What do? You, how do you respond to that notion? Well, I think what it uh, forces us to do is to say, uh, yeah, I want to see pictures. I want to read little stories and accounts, knowing probably that there might be some bias. Mm-hmm. But can I hold withhold judgment for a moment when I see a picture to ask some questions? What are the underlying issues? What are the problems that gave rise to the picture? Why are people? Why are things happening that don't look to me like they ought to happen? Yeah. Uh, what does this side believe, and what does the other side believe? I think these are the kind of questions that that this wisdom tradition is encouraging us to do, not to uh, draw away completely from our emotional reaction. And and, and not to water it down. Not to water it down at all or our concern, but to ask those kind of questions in the hope that maybe we can come to uh, an understanding ourselves, a discussion with others that might lead more productively to a place where something actually might be able to be done about it. Okay, so I've been waiting to, to ask you this question because for me, when I study the Old Testament... Um, and especially the prophets, there seems to be a high level of concern that Israel would be mindful of the alien or the immigrant. You know, it trans- the stranger. The stranger. Right. There's a lot of different ways that in which you know translators have translated that word. I've seen an immigrant, refugee, alien, or stranger. Those are the four that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But it's repeated over and over and over again that God wants God's people to take seriously mercy and justice and generosity towards that people group would as being just such a student of the Torah how do you see that those commandments and then the harder thing is how do you see uh, our commandments as followers of God uh, living in the wisdom of of God's word to do to live that out here now yeah well uh, you know uh I actually think that if one were to look at the uh, depth and breadth of this language in the Hebrew Bible, uh, one actually can find some guidance as to how to go forward, even with our current problems. Mm -hmm. So let me start with that big, hopeful idea. Okay. Uh, And it does begin uh, with uh, sort of a offshoot of the idea of love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so does our neighbor also include the stranger. Well, so that we be clear, we get a separate commandment to love the stranger. (laughs) For we were once strangers in a strange land ourselves. We had the feeling of being uh, persecuted and uh, a a foreigner in Egypt, and we were persecuted. And because we had that feeling, because we know what that feeling was, we should not do that to others. Instead, we should love the stranger. So there's no question, uh, and I think that's what you see in the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible, in the Torah, uh, and you certainly see a really a prophetic rage against an insensitivity to people who are in need, including those who come in our midst as strangers. So we start with that proposition that whatever it is, and, and just to inter- interject. Yeah. Jesus continued that tradition. Jesus, so Jesus, this, this is not just a Torah thing. It's not just an Old Testament thing. Jesus even said once that I was a stranger and you invited me. So he's taken on the, the persona of the stranger. This is how we love Jesus. This is how we love God. This is how we love the other. Right. 
Yeah. It's yeah. an extension. Yeah. And th- this drive on the part of the Hebrew Bible, on the part of the prophets, on the part of Jesus, to extend the notion of neighbor to those that we're not quite as close to as our neighbors, the notion that love applies, that mercy applies. This is a powerful urge within the Bible for both Jews and Christians. And it's so powerful that it has driven, without the rest of what we're going to say, a lot of people on the left, I think, and I don't mean get, I don't want to get too political about characterizing or typing anyone, uh, as to the source of their urge, yes. particularly those who follow the Bible or use the Bible or quote the Bible. Uh, to <laughs> which, which has happened in this situation. And that's where I, you, you know me, that's where I just, I just lost it. Yeah, yeah. You make your policy. Don't try to sacralize it by throwing a verse on it. Well, and you you and I share that. The too easy use of the Bible to justify one's politics is always a signal for me to get worried. Yeah. I get worried when I try to do it myself, and I worry when other people do it. But on the other hand, and there's a, I hope there's a lot of, but on the other hand of this discussion, <laughs> we do get guidance from the Bible. Of course, people yes, of, of God course. do get yeah. guidance, and I don't think, and I think it would be inappropriate uh, to get involved in this for religious people to get involved in this debate and not give honor to the verses we've been talking about. Yes, it's yes. a very powerful thing to Jesus. It's a very powerful thing in the prophets. Very powerful in the Hebrew Bible. Now, having said that. Some people want to stop reading, and they want to say, that's enough. I have, my, I have enough to go on. Let me get into the fray here. Well, the Bible doesn't stop there. Uh, the Bible is, you know, makes clear uh, in both the Hebrew Bible and in the New Testament that, um, that the stranger is a certain kind of person. The stranger we're talking about is a certain kind of person. It's a person who's come into our society and it's a person who's agreed to live by the rules of the community. So in the in the Jewish tradition, a stranger would be welcome in knowing that there's certain rules that they are going to abide by. Right, Is including that-, that they will become people of God. And yeah. actually, truthfully, that they will become a member of the Jewish community. Right. That's what it means. Now, let, before we go off onto the idea of what happens if they don't, but that is the, if we want to round out an understanding yeah. of this. Uh, the love comes because really they're joining the community and they should not be unloved or uncared for because they had a different background. Right. That's really what it is. And to make it more complex too, we need to acknowledge that America is not God's country. <laughs> you know? Like, right. Because I think, I think there's some people who feel like if in a weird way, and I don't know if they would say this, but, but America is God's chosen people. And we just need to say that is not the case. Uh, but we have these wisdom that we are still called as God's people to live out, right. corporately even. Right. So the question then becomes, what do we make of this? Yeah. Well, I, something should be made of it. Uh, not as much as some do that, you know, this, the, the America's God's country and however one feels about that. It's not exactly apt, these rules, to our own society. But there is this idea lurking in there that this love somehow involves people who are at least playing by the rules or at least expecting that the rules of the land apply to them. I think what all this does, it invites us, Mark, to look into the facts of the situation and to draw some general spiritual ethical lessons. So love and kindness and mercy, but some sense of playing by the rules. Right. So what what do you do, though, when the rules are 
broken. Well, let, let's spend one more moment okay. on the rules because uh, the attorney general got himself into trouble by bringing the New Testament into the discussion. So that it As if our whole country believes in the Bible. Well, yeah, right. But, <laughs> but, rem yes, okay. but remember, if one side gets to quote the Bible, the I other know. side yes, gets of to course, too. Of course, and the question game. is, how do we get to a place where I honor your reading of yeah. the Bible and and yet you honor mine? Yeah. Or, or to put it another way, I'm not going to just selectively quote from the Bible yeah. and act self-righteous and not give you a chance. Or what you're quoting, of course, is ridiculous. Yeah. That kind of lack of respect is where we are. Yeah. The portions of the Bible that people are looking at on both sides, I think, are there and they're legitimate. So that when Sessions quotes Paul from Romans as saying that we should abide by appropriate laws... Uh, and which sort of coincides with the Hebrew Bible notion of the ger or the stranger as a person who follows the rules of the community. Right. That's a piece of this thing. Do we want to honor what Paul said and what the Hebrew Bible said enough to say that there seems to be an instinct right alongside love, compassion, and mercy of playing by the rules of a community and give honor to both sides? Mm -hmm. Now, I know we're not quite ready to get there, but I happen to think that if one were to honor both sides of that argument, I think when A gets closer to the truth of what the Bible's message to us is, and the possibility of a mutually satisfactory solution to the immigration problem. So there's a great story, I think, that kind of lays over what you're saying uh, an experience that Jesus had that might be helpful for us. Mm -hmm. uh, one time Jesus was uh, asked by some teachers of the law, um, is it right or not to pay taxes, to pay, to pay uh, tax to Rome? And Jesus, uh, sensing that there was a trap being set for him, he, he said something interesting. He said, he said, go get a coin. And they, get, they bring him a coin. And he looks at it and he says, whose image is on this? And they said, well, Caesar. And he says, well, if that has Caesar's image, it belongs to Caesar. So how about you, you give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar? But then he says, but then you give to God what belongs to God. And something that a, a pastor, Lisa Sharon Harper, taught me as of recently is to stop there and go, what has the image of God? So yes, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but what has the image of God? And it's people. People have the image of God. So almost to say that give to God what belongs to God. Give to God what bears his image. And so for me, even that story talks about the complex nature of what belongs to God, what belongs to this world, what belongs to a government, what belongs to God's kingdom. And, um, and it seems interesting to me in this conversation, what we're struggling with is what does it mean to have God's law superimpose or you know over uh, the the law of this nation because i think people are looking at what's going on and saying this is not right even though this is what the law says it's not right what can we do yeah i'm going to disagree with you a little bit on that good but good. you know that's it's good for us to do that i understand i think what jesus was saying there i don't think it's apt to the situation that we've got here i think paul's comment is more apt to this jesus's point is absolutely right uh-huh uh, but I think that the relevant issue is, are there things about the law that also involve justice and mercy? Yeah. For example, what's, what's the fair way to 
understand who's a part of the American society. Who's a citizen? And what comes with citizenship? Um, and how do we treat people who want to come into the United States mm-hmm. fairly, mm-hmm. mercifully? Mm-hmm. Those are questions that need that involve God, that yeah. involve mercy and love, yeah. not just the what's due Caesar. Yeah, it's what's due us. Yeah, and I think one of the things as you suggested early on in this conversation that the left missed about the appeal of Donald Trump is a lot of people thought that their interest in citizenship was being neglected by previous uh, administrations and they were for Donald Trump and we ought to give them credit for it instead of just beating them up as quote unquote deplorables or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had certain feelings about what citizenship meant that, that had meaning to it to them. And so it's a matter of mercy, justice, and what's the right policy. And maybe we ought to talk about that just for a minute. What's fair here? Well, let's talk about some... Maybe this leads to maybe what a compromise might be here, uh, ultimately, if people wanted to work with all of these biblical verses in mind. One of them is, you know, what does mercy cry out to us to do at the beginning? Well, I think one thing it does is that if somebody's fleeing to this country uh, because they're uh, in danger or in peril because of some uh, hate or political system or oppression, uh, I think that I think we ought to all look at each other and say we ought to be really liberal about being a, cl- a place of refuge. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the, the extent we're talking about a refugee, I mean, could we all get around the table, including mm-hmm. those who worry about immigration, and at least start knocking some things off? Mm-hmm. It seems to me there, mercy is certainly called for if a person can show uh, that they're uh, seeking refuge. Uh, the question then becomes, how open should the border be yeah. to anyone else? Yeah. And what's the procedure for citizenship? Yeah, I think the visceral response is it's almost like, and this is how it's being shared. And of course, there's more complex than this. But what is being shared is to separate the children from the parents is going to act as a fear agent to to dissuade other immigrants to coming to America. Almost to say, you know, here's an example. If you come here, this is what we're going to do to you. Your nightmare of your kids being separated, which is probably the reason why they're coming to this country. It's for the sake of their children's generation uh, that we're going to do that to you. There seems to be wisdom in finding the, the, the middle ground of not just opening up the borders, uh, but also not doing something that, ins- that inspires such fear. Um, that it, has, it, it doesn't seem to be just. That for me doesn't seem to be just. Well, how do we get to how do we get to a resolution of these types yeah. of issues? I mean, I think the the, the inflammatory, the hateful, uh, you know, the other side is despicable uh, kind of approach to things has created an environment where we're not we're just frozen. We're not taking any kind of action, and we're now in a place where, for example, these young kids who came and who are here now, called the Dreamers, uh, they need a, a resolution. Uh, there are people who've been here for decades. They need a resolution. Yeah. Uh, and yet there are people who feel that you've had c- compromises in immigration policy before, and the border just remains as porous and open as, as it has been. Uh, and then the question is, do we mean 
it by having a law yeah. on citizenship. Yeah. Is there a way that the law can be honored and yet mercy can be shown? Yeah. And yet, on the other hand, we want to be fair to those who are seeking citizenship and who are standing in line waiting and going through the process. Do we want to put uh, them in the back of the line uh, because they've said, okay, we get your process for becoming a citizen. I'm showing up. I'm complying with the law. That's why I think this is yeah. the legal thing is not between uh, God and us and human beings and Caesar necessarily. It's really fairness among each other. Yeah. So where do we place the legal citizenship issue? I'm not trying to resolve that. I'm not saying we can't. We can do that on this podcast. Oh, yeah. It's not that easy. But I'm just <laughs> trying to say that when do we get around the table to say, how do we compromise in a principled way? How do we take all these issues into account? How do we say there are certain things that cry out for me to come to your side and there are certain things that cry out for you to come to my side? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that having those kind of discussions uh, ends up being a lot more productive and fruitful and loving than just you know uh, going after the splinter in the other guy's eye. Yeah. It's funny because I almost feel I'm, I'm I might not be alone in this. But I almost feel almost pressure to join in. Yeah. Am I really going to stand silent when yeah injustice is happening? Right. When I feel like what, one of the things you've taught me is let's rush to learn. Let's yeah. let's rush in to listen. And uh, it's rarely as simple as as we might think it is. But I you know for me I, I don't I'm this might be tying it up in a bow or this might be un. Uh, opening up a new <laughs> box. All right, so suggestions he uh, quoted Romans thirteen, and he said, "Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no other authority except for that which God has established." The thing that I my takeaway from this is Paul in Romans thirteen seems to be moving towards a point. He's saying, "If you're living underneath authority, live by that authority," but eventually goes towards the authority of God. And authority of law, and this is uh, same. The same, you know, eight verses later, it set, you know, starts speaking about God's law, and it culminates in verse ten: "Love does no harm to a neighbor." Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, the big law, the one that we actually, the true authority. And so, this is this is my way of trying to put a bow on this because this is not something we're going to easily put a bow on. I've been. Struck by how helpless I have felt in wanting to know, one, what's going on, and two, what I can do. And this, for me, is my, my bow, mm-hmm. is take it local. Take it to my life. Put, my, put like, what's the plank in my eye, you know? How am I offending the neighbor? How am I living with injustice to the neighbor? Where am I overstepping mercy and kindness and goodness? How can I live into this in a, in a micro way? Mm-hmm. Uh, before I just jump on sending something on my Facebook feed and feeling better about myself, mm-hmm. like I've done my part. Mm-hmm. So I'm, that's my personal I think that's away. an excellent takeaway. And, you know, what does that lead us to do? What could we do? You know, one thing that I think is kind of an interesting approach to do what you've suggested is what if we play acted with each other and just said to uh, let's get a partner, somebody who is on the other side of this, yeah. and just say, I'll tell you what, I want to have a conversation with yeah. you. I feel powerfully about uh, a mom and a kid being able to be kept together. Yeah. 
I feel powerfully about a person escaping political persecution, having a place of refuge. Whatever one's top three things are, I feel powerfully about, uh, uh, you know, uh, a person who is looking for hope in a new land and has an opportunity to get there. What, what do you care about? What do you care about? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the top three things on your list. Yeah. So it's both a sign of respect and a rush to learn. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. I like that you've attributed that to, to my yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah. A rush to learn, uh, a rush to uh, explore. Uh, and, if, and I think if you were to blend the two sides of Paul, if you were to blend uh, the two sides of the way we treat the gare or the stranger, I think the Bible is telling us that. I think the Bible is saying, we've got verses on both sides of this. And if you want to, you can quote the one that supports your own political ideology. Or you can look at them all and ask this question. If both of these ideas are there, is God telling me to grapple with both of them Mm -hmm. and use both of them Mm -hmm. to get to a solution with each other? Yeah, one one of my fears of of people listening to this is that they would think that the end goal for us is to try to water down any response, and that's not our, that's not no. what we're saying. I think we actually could do a a better job moving our our certain conviction forward if we understand the other person's point of view. Right. So that's really my my task is find some that you disagree with on, on this issue and learn them. Rush to listen. Rush to rush to learn. And then, for, and then, secondly, this is the other thing I've thought. If I really care about the refugee, if I'm going to use that word, if, uh, which some people would disagree with, if I'm going to care about the refugee on the border, what about the refugee right now in Austin, who's trying to figure out what does it mean to navigate this culture? Am I do I care enough about this issue to walk with them? Mm-hmm. That's a little harder, but that's actually something I can do. So that's my that's also my personal task, my my personal takeaway. Fantastic. I've enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I hope that. Uh, uh, we haven't come to uh, the 200-page the, uh, bill that can pass the Congress, but I'd like to think that if people talk this way, uh, they might be able to find, wouldn't it be great if we had a piece of legislation that recognized uh, everyone's sort of stake in yeah. this and passed the sucker? Yeah. Uh, maybe we also, in addition to doing the two things you've talked about, maybe we could come to a place where we could see some proposal that has a little bit of all of this in it, yeah. especially what we think is important, but what our neighbor thinks is important, and call our representatives and say, do something. Yeah. Pass it. Yeah. Let's at least, however imperfect it is, it can be better than what we have. Better than this. Yeah. Thank you, Sandy. Enjoyed it, Mark. Mark.